Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment. Weekly concert listings. Weekly event listings. The environment. Travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader. Free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Hey, everybody. How's it going? We're live. Ben is uh, closing a door at the moment. He's got uh, his daughter in town. And there's a dog in the house. So you may hear a dog on today's Ben Jarofsky show. Just saying. We may have an appearance from a dog on the Ben Jarofsky show today. Oh, oh is that oh. it? Oh. <laughs> hey there, little miss riding hood. Sorry. All right. Well, he's in a That's mood, guys. The big bad wolf. All right. <sighs> Your Ben Tarofsky show, Thanksgiving Eve for Wednesday. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For Wednesday, wow. November 25th is just moments away. But before we do this, let's thank the following for sponsoring this podcast. Hey, Chicago Reader, thank you for sponsoring this program. For uh, great information in the city of Chicago, what to do, where to go, what to drink, what to eat. Uh, what to think about uh, certain politics, go check out the Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com, and subscribe. A great way to help this program is subscribing to the Chicago Reader. Maybe write him a letter. Oh, that Ben Jarofsky show, he's great. Give Ben more money. Give Dennis more money. Give him a car, you know? <laughs> give him a blue Mustang. Yeah, yeah. And, we can, and Ben, we can share it uh, on weekends. All right, so let's get today's show going here. You do have a song of the day request. It is from Frank. It is by The Happening, and the song is called See You in September. Oh, my God. Frank, how do you know that song? Frank is young. Yeah, Frank, how, how do you know this stuff? He's a millennial. He let us know. He let us know he's a millennial. Sorry. He let us know he was a millennial. Frank, seriously, how the hell do you know this song? Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody knows this song except for me and Frank. See you in September. Oh, will I lose you? Something above. Wow. That's like the psychedelic version with the guitar coming in. Whoa. Jimmy Page playing guitar. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) See you in September. Will I lose you to the summer moon? I think it's the summer moon. Don't call me, D. Gobble, gobble. The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. (laughs) It is Wednesday, November 25th, and live from my apartment in his attic, this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, 
legendary Chicago journalist, Monroe Anderson. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist, Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Farewell to Dinkins Wednesday. And here's why. David Dinkins died the other day. He was 93 years old. Who is David Dinkins, you ask? Oh, I don't blame you for asking that, folks. He lived, his prominence was a long time ago, and there's so many years of loss of time. So don't worry about not knowing who David Dinkins is if you don't know who David Dinkins is. He's the former mayor of New York City, and it was a really big deal when he got elected in 1989. He was the first black man elected mayor of New York City, and he was the last black man elected mayor of New York City. Come on, New York. Got to pick up the pace a little bit there. Uh, the official rendition in the New York Times obituary, it's a long obituary, uh, and it's uh, honoring Dinkins, but the official rendition is that the time Dinkins took office, New York City was falling apart. Quote, exhausted by racial strife, corruption, crime, and fiscal turmoil. And so voters turned to Dinkins because he was calm and cautious and deliberate. Folks, I've never lived in New York City, but I have family there and I visit there all the time. So I can tell you that it's really not all that much different than Chicago, just bigger and more sure of itself. None of that second city anxiety, insecurity that we have. Less alleys. Less alleys, garbage on the sidewalks. Yeah, New York's a little different than Chicago, but really those are superficial differences. So uh, in New York, as in Chicago, you have to ask, when is either city not, quote, exhausted by racial strife, corruption, crime, and fiscal turmoil, when that just seems to be the, the nature of cities? In fact, when I read that New York Times description of the New York City that Dinkins inherited in 1989, I thought they were talking about Chicago right now. All in all, I think Dinkins did a pretty good job. I was just me watching from afar. According to the New York Times, he hired more cops, which people wanted. He balanced the budget. He helped foster development deals. The rich got even richer, so I don't know why they're complaining. But it was that racial strife that did him in. A black child was killed by a funeral motorcade for an Orthodox Jewish rabbi. And one thing led to another, and riots broke out, and everybody blamed Dinkins for something or other. Black people blamed him for pandering to white people, and white people blamed him for not forcefully denouncing black people. And Rudy Giuliani, yes, that Rudy Giuliani pounded that discontent like a drum and defeated Dinkins in 1993. So it was just one term for Dinkins. A headline in the Washington Post sort of summed it all up. Is David Dinkins too nice for New York? Well, Giuliani wasn't nice. He was the schmuck then that he is now. And folks said, well, that's what we need, a tough mayor. Tough guy, hard ass, not afraid to insult other people. Don't insult us, of course, just insult other people. And you know, folks, that's another way Chicago is much like New York. That sounds so Chicago. I read that headline, that Washington Post headline, is David Dinkins too nice for New York? And it was like, oh my God, that's like something I would read in the Sun-Times or the Tribune. I said, that's like such a mainstream idea. We need a tough mayor. Chicago loves tough mayors. 
we love mayors that cuss and insult each other, insult other people, mock other people, make threats. We don't want nice guys. So we have Lori Lightfoot, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, telling Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor, don't come to me for shit if you don't want my, if you don't vote for my budget. And Northsiders are like, Ben, you know, Mayor Lori Lightfoot's got a point. You gotta be tough. <laughs> Northsiders love it when mayors are tough on Southsiders. Ever notice that, D? They don't want mayors to be tough on them. Just be tough on everybody else in the city. Okay. It's as though toughness ever once healed racial strife, eradicated corruption, or put the fiscal house in order. As for crime, I've been hearing people lamenting the fact that police can't just lock people up on a whim anymore. Folks, I've been living in Chicago since 1981. They were locking people up on a whim all throughout the 80s and all throughout the 90s, mass arrests. ACLU was always going to court to try to keep the city of Chicago's police from just mass arresting people. And then if they would win, it would be a temporary victory and you'd hear there'd be articles in the newspaper, police muttering. We can't do our jobs anymore. Remember Mary Rahm? Police are in a fetal position. And Mayor Rahm said that all of a sudden he's a big expert on crime. Police are scared to do the job. So it's like, you know, as long as I've been here, there's been crime in Chicago. There's crime in every city. There's crime in every part of this country. We're a very violent country. So like, when is clubbing people on the head ever stop crime. Just saying, maybe there's another way. May want to try another way. And as near as I could tell, David Dinkins tried and he was repudiated. And here's the funny thing. Time was nicer to Dinkins than it has been to his successor. Old leaky hair Rudy. You remember that press conference last week? Cause I won't let you forget it. The dye dripping down his face, not dry, dye, excuse me, hairdressers. The hairspray was like the cheap paint that he sprayed on it, on this gray. Dude, just let it, everybody knows you got gray hair. Just let your freak flag fly. And you know, you had to and you're bald, you're bald, just shave that sucker. Come on. <laughs> Get those clippers Actually, out. Larry David, if I may interrupt this, disagrees with you on that point. He goes, people who shave their heads are trying to cover up their baldness. Ah, yes. The psychotic uh, Larry David <laughs> disagrees with you. Uh, anyway, where was it? Oh, yeah. Time has been better to Dinkins than it has been to his successor, old leaky hair Rudy. He's now a national joke, Rudy Giuliani is, a punchline, a buffoon, a clown. Reading the New York Times obituary, I get the feeling that New Yorkers may be just a little sheepish for the way they scorn Dinkins and worship Rudy. Well, better late now than ever. New Yorkers show the man some respect. Rest in peace, Mayor Dinkins. We got a great show today, everybody. Monroe Anderson will be here. Well, Trump talk. We still got Trump around. Trump, 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 and Trump. He's shifting into Biden talk. No big surprise. I talked to him on the before we went on air. He's he's a lot more optimistic about Biden. I know this is going to stun you, D, than he is about Donald Trump. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> no, that's a shocker. And so uh, we'll bring Monroe. I gave Monroe a shout out today in uh, the tribute. Um, in mean the tribute. In the I was looking at the tribute. Uh, in the reader newsletter, I, I gave him all the credit for Trump's. Uh, losing 
because he's been trash talking Trump since Trump took off. It's like, oh, those are vibrations that he sent out that influenced the election. That's why Joe Biden won. So, Mike, uh, Monroe Anderson will be here. Take a victory lap. Get down to business. Talk about Joey B and Donald Trump. Before we do that, the young man from home. The man that Rudy Giuliani, David Dinkins, and Monroe Anderson. All of them. Finally call Dr. D with the news. What's going on, everybody? Hey, before we go any further, we got to talk about our Thanksgiving schedule. We've kind of uh, not talked about that at all. So uh, let's run our Thanksgiving lineup down for everybody uh, real quick here. Uh, Thanksgiving schedule tomorrow. No live regular Ben Jarofsky show, all right? But you will be able to download a brand new, never-before-heard interview at chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky, J-O-R-A, V as in victory, S-K-Y, or wherever else you download podcasts. And, you know, if you're not sure what the hell to do tomorrow, a.k.a. the strangest Thanksgiving ever, well... (laughs) We got a Benny J Turkey Day exclusive. It's 20th Ward Alderwoman JT Jeanette Taylor one-on-one with Ben Jarofsky. It's going to be available by 5 a.m. tomorrow. So that is our Thanksgiving plan. Ben, it was a great conversation with Jeanette, wasn't it? Absolutely. Uh, JT was in rare form. Uh, this was right after the uh, city council vote. Well, not right after. It's a couple hours uh, after the budget vote. And uh, she voted against the budget. So she talks about the budget, why she was against it. She talks about some of the tough uh, words coming out of Lori Lightfoot directed at her. Uh, and uh, she makes her response. And uh, let's just put it this way. JT is not backing down. So Jeanette Taylor, good friend of the show, got a lot of respect for her. Uh, and uh, it was it was sort of um, it was interesting interview coming uh, right after the budget, because I, I don't think Jeanette Taylor or Mayor Lori Lightfoot knows where the city is going uh, in the coming year in terms of his, like where the money is going to come from to pay the bills. It's sort of like a punt budget. Uh, and uh, so anyway, JT talks about that and much more. Uh, and also what she wants from Joe Biden and a few rom comments. Ooh, JT. And guys, a few rom comments. A few yes. rom comments that and yes, for those wondering, there is cursing, okay? So, that's <laughs> that's definitely in there. Yeah, there's Well, I mean, we're just quoting Lori Lightfoot, you yeah. know? She was the one who started it. Yeah. Just saying, D. So, I don't know if if you're uh, hanging out with your grandma virtually uh, this Thanksgiving, maybe not play that Jeanette Taylor interview. Boy, there's some F bombs. So, just <laughs> get ready. All right. D, I got news for you. What? Grandma, she curses like a sailor. <laughs> get that beep out of my beep. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. One grandma doesn't curse. You know, that's a funny thing. And the older people get, this is going to surprise you, D, the more they curse. Oh, wait. I've, I've been down this road, okay? I've seen. What kind of foul mouth people, people do you older. hang with? I know plenty of elder people who don't curse. <laughs> Dead I gum? Like Dead him. gum? They, you know, <laughs> use words like that to replace the curse words. Dead gum it! <laughs> Remember, I tried to do that? I try to no. use the words. <laughs> I think God dang is God dang it, D. God dang. All right. So that's go, that's what's going on tomorrow. All right. Jeanette Taylor. Uh, it was a great interview. Uh, no show on Friday. All right. But Ben and myself, we're going to record something. We're just going to call it a free for all Friday. See what the hell happens. You know, just throw some stuff on the wall. Isn't that right, Ben? 
We did it last year and it was a big hit. So I, I'm sure it's going to work again this year. Free for all Friday. So, hey, if you're listening to this and you have a question for the show, uh, feel free to weigh in. There's several ways yeah. you can do that. Uh, I prefer you do it uh, through email, but you can reach out at Benny J Show on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Send us an email, Benny J Show at gmail.com, B E N N Y, the letter J, show. Uh, and you can call us, 708-658-4788. That number again, 708-658-4788. Uh, we'll play some voicemails if we got them. We'll read some emails if we get them. Uh, we'll talk about the future of the show, I'm imagining. Um, maybe one of Ben's columns. So much stuff, all right? We can talk about. We're calling it a free-for-all Friday, and we're just going to throw that sucker up on Friday. Uh, on Saturday, uh, Ben, what, what what do we have in that pre-show meeting planned for Neil Saturday? Neil Griffin. That's right. Neil Salas Griffin. So we're going to continue um, City So Real. Uh, so a series we're doing on it. Steve James, the director of the movie City So Real. And then Neil Salas Griffin. You may not remember him. Uh, he ran for mayor one of the lesser known candidates people didn't know who he was uh, a young uh, computer genius he built his own software company and now he's a professor at northwestern uh, and it was just such a, a long shot campaign and he was the one in the movie uh he's the one in real life I act like it was you know sometimes it's like the movie is more real than real life but um he was the candidate uh that uh willie wilson and ricky hendon tied up in knots uh in the process of examining his petition signatures really shows in my humble opinion one of the great flaws with our system I've been uh, pounding the drum against the way uh, we allow election challenges. I'm much more libertarian on this uh, on this point. And uh, so when you see what they did to Neil Salas Griffin, what they did to Jamel Green, uh, what Tony Preckwinkle's people tried to do to Lori Lightfoot, it's all in the, the movie. It's depicted in the movie. A lot of Chicagoans D, didn't know about it. I don't even write it. You know, sometimes it gets frustrating. I was just talking to a, a Chicagoan yesterday of the Northside Persuasion. And um, he was saying, well, until I saw that movie, I didn't realize that this kind of thing went on again. I go, well, thanks for reading my columns all these years. I've only written like five <laughs> billion of them, but whatever. <laughs> you know, hey, Steve James, you got through to that guy. So congratulations. Uh, anyway, and um, so we'll talk to Neil Salas Griffin. And, the, and in the end, uh, to Ricky uh, Hendon dropped the case against him and allowed Neil Salas Griffin to remain uh, on the ballot. So we're going to get to Neil Salas Griffin's thoughts on the whole process and where Chicago's going. And then next week, we're going to bring Ricky on. Ricky Hendon will come, be coming on uh, and the master of the process, the master of the election challenges. Love talking politics with Ricky Hendon, D. So I'm really looking forward to that one. One of my good radio buddies, Ricky Hendon, will be here Wednesday as we continue the City So Real series. So Neil Salas Griffin will be the interview that gets dropped on Saturday. Oh, Neil Salas Griffin, uh, a little side story. Uh, Neil Silas Griffin, I guess, I think he had like an office above us at the Sun-Times, didn't he? We were going down the steps, and uh, he was, no, he was going down the steps, we were going up, and we're like, oh, hey, Neil Silas Griffin, what's going on? Remember that? He, he is truly one of the um, really nice people. In, I just got finished talking about David Dinkins and what a class act he was and how it just seems like, you know, I, I don't even know if... 
like how widespread it is. It just seems like the people who dominate the, the, the mainstream media have this view. And maybe they're expressing the view of cynical Chicagoans. You gotta have a mean person be mayor. Can't be nice. And and Dio's just like the kind of guy that's like, hey, how you doing? He he seems like he genuinely likes you and wants to know how you're doing. And he would always say, I go, Neil, I gotta get you on the show, I gotta get you on the show. He goes, Let's have coffee first. You always call that. Let's have coffee first, you know? Just like let's break bread or socialize or something. Uh, really compassionate man from the south side of Chicago, Mount Carmel High School, and uh, did very well for himself in the computer industry uh, and decided, uh, yeah, he, he wanted to um, be mayor of Chicago, having never run for office before. So good guy. Yeah, we'd see him on the, I could still see him. Yeah, he'd be, those are the good old days, D, before the pandemic. We'd go to the our beloved little yeah, studio. yeah. Uh, and uh, I'd be going up those back stairs. I love the back stairs because I hated the elevator. Uh, and Neil would be going down this. Hey, pal, how you doing? How's the family? Yeah, the love pre- Neil Siles Griffin. The pre-pandemic days when you can go and get coffee with someone randomly. You know. Mm-hmm. Now, hey, yeah. you want to get coffee? What are you a monster? Get away from me! I'm gonna <laughs> have a coffee with six feet. Yeah, All right. Six feet. So Saturday, our city so real series continues with Neil Silas Griffin. On Sunday, we're gonna throw up a best of uh, one of our favorite interviews throughout uh, the year. Uh, probably Troy Laravier. I think we were talking about that before uh, the show today. So if you've heard that Troy Laravier interview. Hey, go check out the archive, all right? We got over 700 episodes. I looked. Uh, over 700 episodes of the Ben Jarofsky Show. Maybe scroll through there, the archive, and listen to a show you may have missed. And so that's Sunday. On to Monday. This will be available at 5 a.m. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky or wherever else you download po- uh, podcasts. We caught up with our dear friend and Ben Jarofsky Show senior editor. I literally just <laughs> made up that title. Pat Whalen. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, it's a funny interview. We talked with Pat Whalen last <laughs> night. I recorded it, uh, so we're going to post that. He's an actor. He's hilarious, and we're proud to call him our friend, especially since he was the star of a recent FanDuel commercial. Okay, yes. actually, the star is actually some gigantic football player, but the glue that held it all together was one Patrick Whalen. Who are? <laughs> yeah. What? What? We also had a Ben <laughs> We also had a Ben Jarofsky show first during this interview. Yes, a first. Listen as a guest for the first time. Two firsts actually. Uh, for the first time during an interview feeds their dog. Yes. And then uh, a guest for the first time walks away from their computer and keeps talking. <laughs> and also a slightly startled Ben Jarofsky. Yeah, he just rolls with it, all right? Hoo-ah! <laughs> no, see, uh, young Patrick, uh, you know, he's one of our younger uh, guests, I guess. He's very uh, computer proficient. So it's uh, like, Ben, I got the setup here. Okay, I got the the wireless mic. You don't worry about it. This is this is like millennial stuff. You wouldn't understand. You're just just be a nice old baby boomer and uh, eat your oatmeal. Okay. So uh, only I don't know what happened, Mister Millennial, Mister I know computers <laughs> didn't plug it in or something. So he's walking around his apartment thinking <laughs> I can hear him. I'm like, have you lost your mind? Has Pat Whalen officially lost his dude? He gets up. I'm watching him on the screen of Google Meet. I can see him. He gets up so I can see him do his and walk over. And I you can hear him. He's still talking. I go, I think he's gone insane. 
I think he has lost his mind. I don't <laughs> funny. I thought it was like an Andy Kaufman-esque like kind of bit, you know what I mean? Like talking and, you know. But I'll tell away. you folks, a little something that Dr. D told me many years ago when I broke into this game. He said, son, come here. You're a rookie. I've been at this a while. I went to radio school, okay? I went to radio school. That that plum over there, radio school. So no matter what, keep talking. Remember that? That was the first thing you and Yoda <laughs> told me. Yeah. Keep talking. Don't matter. It doesn't matter. First day, I had a show. The phone didn't work. Karen Lewis. Ben, are you there? Up, hangs up. And so I'm like, oh, okay. Well, we'll wait. We'll get her back. I'm just sitting there. And Yoda's like, what are you doing, man? You got to keep talking. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I just kept talking because I'm a pro now. Just like Yoda, Dr. D. Hell yeah. Uh, Pat Whalen, uh, the was in the um, the FanDuel commercial with Jamie Harrison, the great linebacker for Pittsburgh Steelers. So it's fun stuff with uh, Pat Whalen. Yes, it's our Pat Whalen interview. That'll be on Monday, 5 a.m., chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky or wherever else you download podcasts. Go check them out. Download them. Tell your friends. All right, let's do the local news. And we begin with the governor today. You know, take a wild guess as to what Illinois uh, Governor J.B. Pritzker is up to today. What's that? Oh, beefing up on his Illinois history? Illinois is a state with a grand history of <laughs> profound impact on our nation and our world. Well, he could be doing that later today. He really loves Illinois. Don't believe me? <laughs> well, consider these facts. All right, dude, we believe you. Calm down. We believe you. <laughs> Chill out, dude. He loves Illinois, man. And what's that to love about Illinois? D, I show some respect for your home state. You're from Alton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, now, obviously, today the governor is delivering his 230 COVID-19 update virtually all right uh, a quick update on Tuesday's pandemic briefing Pritzker urged local governments to apply for COVID-19 relief grants before the December 1st deadline uh, governor I'm curious COVID-19 grants uh, what could that include that can include everything from overtime okay. payroll for first responders or local human services uh, or PPE, plexiglass dividers, and more. And how many have yet to take this? We still have more than 350 local government units that have not taken the simple yet necessary steps to claim their dollars. Funding which could help with offsetting basic costs for payroll and PPE and contact tracing and other essential costs for their emergency response. Fascinating. It is so fascinating. Yeah, look, this new thing you're doing, I love this thing. Just really brings back those memories I was talking about yesterday. I appreciate Governor Pritzker doing it, uh, making his comments. I have a feeling that the country is officially checked out on uh, COVID. It's like over and done with it. Get that feeling a lot. Not me. Okay, just saying the country is all. I'm still pretty scared. Uh, but um, I think uh, like a lot of people... A lot of skeptics out there, D. You know, like the half the country that voted for Donald Trump or 40, well, it's really 48%, not quite half. And then within the the people who voted for Biden, there's a rules for thee, not for me crowd, uh, which at one point or another pretty much includes everybody that voted for Joe Biden. So I give uh, Pritzker credit. You know, he's still doing what he's supposed to do. 
He's doing it virtually. Uh, and um, so happy Thanksgiving, J.B. Pritzker. How about that, D? Oh, I like that. I uh, didn't vote for him in the primary, I always point out. But I think he's done uh, a good job as governor of the state of Illinois, uh, dealing, as I always point out, with a very rabid bunch that detests him. Okay? And uh, he keeps his cool. He tries to be polite to everybody. And I was talking about Dinkins and how Dinkins tried to treat everybody with respect. Talk about Neil Salas Griffin, how Neil Salas Griffin uh, had a, a, a nice thing to say or courteous thing to say to everybody he meets. Not everyone in politics is a rabid, lunatic jerk. Not everybody. You know, some people try to be respectful of others. And so I think we should take a moment to thank Governor Pritzker for having a different standard than a lot of other politicians in this state. And I'll leave it at that, D, for the moment. All right, for the moment, for the moment. (laughs) For the moment. (laughs) Also, state officials made one more plea for everyone to stay at home and to celebrate Thanksgiving virtually. Here's Department of Health official Dr. Azike with a few tips on how to approach family members about not getting together for the holiday. Have a conversation with your guests. Everyone might be too timid to bring up the conversation and say that they're really having second thoughts and that they're really thinking about what the CDC and what all the public health officials are saying. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Really commit that you will separate households within that space. Commit that if you're not actively eating or drinking, that you will have a mask on in the house. Commit that if the weather allows, you will move everything outdoors. Yes, commit. I'm with her 100%. And Dee, what are you going to be doing for Thanksgiving? Do you know? Uh, I'm just going to be hanging with my girlfriend and uh, her mother for Thanksgiving. So, all right. Well, practice uh, what the doctor said. All right. Everybody far away. And when you're not eating or drinking, wear a mask. Uh, But yeah, no, I uh, like I said, I appreciate very much the fact that Pritzker uh, and his advisors have not officially just raised the flag on co- I, I probably would have done that a long time ago. God help us out the governor. I'd be like, you know what, guys? You're on your own. I try to get you to do the right thing, and you consistently do the wrong thing. So you know what? Just go do whatever you want to do. That, you know, I don't care about you. Just, just do what you want to do. Uh, that really wouldn't work too well, I guess. Could you imagine that if some politician were actually, yeah, I'm just so sick and tired of you. That would be like the first stage towards like a breakdown. And that would be shown over and over again. You know, uh, on the, people would be sharing it on the internet or whatever. So I, I give Pritzker and his, uh, his aides credit for having some patience <laughs> with all of us. All right, now to the news in the city of Chicago. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot was at City Hall this morning for her 9 a.m. not virtual COVID-19 update. JB, you're making everyone else look bad with these virtual things, man. Come on. Uh, And if anyone noticed a little pep in the mayor's step this morning, I mean, I didn't. (laughs) I really didn't seem like the same old mayor to me. But if you did, that's probably because she just got her budget passed by City Hall yesterday. Uh, we have a few highlights from the mayor's press briefing. While positive test results are high at the moment, the mayor does see a light 
at the end of the tunnel. The doctor said it. We see the light at the end of the tunnel, but we are still in the tunnel. So there's more work that we need to be doing every single day. One in 17 Chicagoans <clears throat> might have it. That number seems really high. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with that. We are starting to see, again, breakthrough. There have been people who understood it and got it and followed it from the very beginning back in March. But as we saw over the course of the summer and we saw cases go down, people relaxed. And, and, and then this thing of COVID fatigue, I think, became real. We have tried now for six plus weeks to really reinforce to folks, hey, this is a second surge. It is real. It is still as dangerous as ever. The mayor then stated uh, that restaurants are not to blame for uh, the recent uptick in uh, positive test results. Dr. Um, Laura really emphasized this point of what he's seeing every single day from a clinical perspective and how sick people are at all ages, all demographics. Um, so I don't think we can, we can or should blame the restaurant <laughs> industry. That's just not right. Thank you, Mayor. So to recap, yeah. it's not the restaurant's fault for being open. <laughs> it's our fault for going to them. Got it. <laughs> What a what a piece of work is man. I think Shakespeare said that. You know, Laura, it's not the restaurant. Don't blame the restaurants. Because did I tell you, Sammy Toya, who's the head of the restaurant association, is one of my dear friends, and they big fundraisers for me, and they support me. Don't blame the restaurants. Blame the people who go to the restaurants. Oh, okay. So it's the people who go to the restaurants' fault, not the people who run the restaurants. Got it? Don't blame the bars either, except for the people who go to the bars. You got that? Dennis said this early, and it's absolutely true. So many mixed messages. Don't blame the restaurants. <laughs> yeah, open the schools. That's the other huge mixed message. I, I read these articles all the time. We'll be talking about this, D, uh, until they come up uh, with a vaccine for uh, the virus. Should we open the schools? Should we not open the schools? I just like to point this out. Then the articles, the people who are saying we should open the schools are always saying stuff like this how children are falling behind and how it just exacerbates the differences, uh, the advantages that wealthy kids have over poor kids and the disadvantages that poor kids have in contrast to wealthy kids. And I agree. This has been, an, you talk about stuff that's been around forever. This is an age old problem. Isn't that funny? Nobody ever wanted to do much about it. When there wasn't a pandemic, now they use it as an excuse to open the schools. Yeah, let's just throw, throw them back in the building. Well, maybe it'll spread. No, no, no. We've done studies, clinical tests. They always use like clinical tests. You know, all of a sudden, everybody's a doctor or a scientist. Uh, the epidemiology, uh-oh. Where are they going with that word? So, yeah, no, somehow or other, it's okay to have schools open. You know, of course... You know, you're not the person who's going to be standing in the classroom with the kid, right? Or you're not most likely the person at home who's old and vulnerable when the child uh, returns home. Somehow or other, uh, that's okay. And somehow or other, uh, <laughs> you can't blame the restaurants. Everybody has their own little sacred cow in this whole thing. So, uh, yeah, Lori Lightfoot, yeah, look, I don't blame her. Restaurants, big, 
big players in this town. Quote the big Lebowski, they carry a lot of water in this town. It's a huge part of the economy. A lot of people employed in restaurants. I personally have done my share to keep restaurants going. I'm always eating in them. I love restaurants and restaurant owners. So I'm, I'm with you, Lori Life, and I understand. But come on. Come on. You got some guy in a has a party you're all ready to like throw that guy under the bus that guy's terrible but don't play in the restaurants got that d got it the people at the lakefront who are playing soccer they're bad the people at the lakefront who are flying those kites they're really bad the people at the lakefront who are just kind of walking slowly down the pick up the pace and we did see one guy walking but we found out he owned a restaurant so he's good yeah, it's, it's really <laughs> restaurants good. Got that, everybody? Restaurants good. All the rest of you, bad. Okay? And Grandma, Thanksgiving, go sit in a corner. All right? Don't, don't come at, near anybody. But it's okay to go to a restaurant. Remember, I remember this one. Like, before we went into this current phase where you're not allowed to sit down and dine, it was like a Wednesday or something like that. We talked about this with Miles. Mayor Lori Lightfoot said, well, we still have two days before uh, restaurants are officially closed. So go support your restaurants. I'm like, what? What kind of message? Wait, why is it okay today, but suddenly Friday? You know what I'm saying? Go support your restaurants. Either it's not safe to go to a restaurant or it's safe to go to a restaurant. D, the mixed messages. I don't get them. I'm kind of lost here. I'm just hiding out in my attic. Yeah, man. guys, so just stay home. Over. Stay home. <laughs> hey, I got my fire pits. So I'm okay. I can't complain. All right. Mayor Lightfoot also did her part in getting the word out this pandemic Thanksgiving. Stay home, mm. save lives, and visit your family virtually. She, <laughs> she recently took part in a promotional PSA to spread the word. A PSA featuring a handful of Illinois mayors pretending to be on the phone talking (laughs) to a family member. They're obviously not talking to an actual family member in this PSA. But more specifically uh, in this PSA, our Chicago mayor delivers a heartfelt NBC This Is Us-esque performance (laughs) underneath some very, very piano-y heartfelt music. We usually spend Thanksgiving together and but I'm, I'm glad you understand that this is the right thing. Lightfoot joined other Illinois <laughs> mayors, including Highland Park Mayor Nancy Rotering, with her phone lit up on the home screen, so obviously not on the phone with anyone. I'm really going to miss celebrating my birthday with you, but I'll save you a piece of cake. I'll freeze it. Mmm, frozen cake. Darian... <laughs> <laughs> Can I have some of that frozen? It's like a popsicle. <laughs> mm, frozen cake. I'm really going to miss celebrating my birthday with you, but I'll save you a piece of cake. I'll freeze it. Okay, well, warm it up before you bring it over, please. Can I put it in the microwave? Uh, oh, wait. Whoa, frozen That'll give me something to look forward to. Come visit you. Get that frozen cake. Hey, why you don't need ice cream when you got frozen cake, D, because it's already frozen. It's already right, cold. Right, right. Uh, also in the ad, Darien, Illinois Mayor Joseph Marchese. Hi, Jim. This is Joe. Oh, hey, Joe. Uh, 
<laughs> Mayor Tyrone Ward of Robbins, Illinois. Yes, that's correct. It cannot be there, but in spirit always. Well, he sounds like a nice feller. And Broadview, Illinois, Mayor Katrina Thompson. We can't see one another. I love you, and we will call you about 4 o'clock on Thanksgiving, okay? And for the record, she probably did the best job of acting out of all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Do you have more on this one, Dave? Well, but just before 2020 comes to a close, our Chicago mayor takes the award for best fake phone call. Here's more. (laughs) Here's more from the mayor. It's just the right thing to do, even though it's a hard thing to do. I'll give your love to to Amy and Viv and Hank. All right. Love you, Mom. We'll talk on Thanksgiving. Bye-bye. Wait wait for the deep breath. (laughs) (sighs) That was fun. I'm sorry, man. Oh, Lord. Oh, God, guys. You have to see the video, really, to appreciate it. Um, Because none of these people are actors. And so they're they're clearly uh acting we should bring pat whalen on uh our our show's resident actor (laughs) uh to analyze these performances so it's like they give him a phone a cell phone and they go okay so you just pretend you're talking to your mother or your grandmother or somebody you've left alone at home they're all alone just how much you miss them and I don't know with any kind of planning I mean I'm just saying you know like kind of like a for if you hadn't gone anywhere for two or three weeks and you did a test you could see them just throwing that out there you know what I'm saying it's just <laughs> little planning you could have seen your grandmother you could have invited her you know just it's like we're gonna have like two-week period where we're not going out we're just gonna stay at home and so we could get to see each other and maybe you know like uh Pritzker said when we get together uh we don't hug or you know we try not to have fights and yell at each other and get face to face spray in each other's face you know just saying um so yeah I mean it's I I don't want to sound like the old jaded cynical observer that I sometimes find myself being, but wow, I was watching that. The one where Lori Lightfoot, she hangs up the phone and she just, you got to say it folks. She just sits there and looks like, and you can hear the director. Okay. Now when we're going to, when you finish the phone conversation, you look off in the distance really wistfully. Like you're thinking about your favorite Thanksgiving moment. And don't think about the time that Uncle Billy got into a fight with Uncle Bobby and they threw the apple pie at each other. That's the other thing, you know, the unsaid and all this. No families ever fight when it comes to the holidays. Families love to get together at the holiday. <laughs> I know a lot of families. Hey, I don't know if I never see these people again, it's too soon. I know a few families in this country and no names will be mentioned who are like dropping to their knees and going, thank you, pandemic. Thank you. I don't have to see Uncle Billy Bob this year. 
And you know, Pat, so. Pat Whalen, uh, enjoy your time in the spotlight while you can, all right? Because this mayor's coming for those acting gigs. That's correct. We oh usually spend Thanksgiving together, and, but I'm, I'm glad you understand that this is the right thing. This is the right thing to do, even though it's a hard thing to do. Of course, I'll give <laughs> your love to, to Amy and Viv and Hank. All right, love you, Mom. We'll talk on Thanksgiving. All right, wait for Bye-bye. the deep breath at the end. Acting, guys. <sighs> yeah. Oh, damn. Wow. Was that Meryl Streep? I, wow. Was that Dawson's Creek? <laughs> you know, and here's the funny thing. They're, they're just talking on their phones. But what if accidentally, without thinking about it, they called somebody? You know what I mean? That's been, I've actually, it's happened to me. Like if I, they have their phones and they don't have their phones on speaker. They all have their phones against their ear. So like sometimes I've I've actually done that. Dan, I don't know if you've ever done that. Like I put it against my ear and I call somebody or something. So if like, like what if you heard somebody on the other side? Hello, who's this? What are you calling me for? Is that you, Lori? <laughs> Good it's Rotary. Good guest. She came on our show. Remember she was running yeah. for attorney general? Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize she was a thespian, okay? <laughs> I would have had her read Shakespeare. Uh, <laughs> I love that line about frozen cake. My God. <laughs> you know what? Here's a suggestion. Why not make another cake? You, you know what I mean? You can eat the cake that you were going to serve them at Thanksgiving, and then six months later, make another cake. Or just go to the Jewel and get a cake. I'm sure there'll be plenty of cakes. No, no, I'm going to freeze that cake and keep it forever. That cake will be in the refrigerator for the next 10 years. I'm really going to miss celebrating my birthday with you, but I'll save you a piece of cake. I'll freeze it. I can keep it. It's cool. Uh. One time, one time my wife made fish that was absolutely terrible, but I didn't want to say anything bad about it, you know, and because she cooked, you know, I was like, oh, this, this fish. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, the fish. And, and so she goes, we really hardly ate any of it. And so she goes, I know what I'll do. I'll freeze it so that, like, you know, be ready. We can have it some other time. And that was when our, our old apartment and we moved out like two years later. We were clearing out the freezer. Guess what was in there, D? That fish. Anyway, so that cake will be in the mayor uh, Rotaring's <laughs> freezer for as long as By the way, we do have a frozen cake defender on the live stream chat. Shout out to Jeff Biss saying frozen cake is cool. Okay. <laughs> okay. <All right. laughs> I'm just saying, you know. I just think it's a practical, pragmatic alternative. You might consider making a new cake or buying a cake. You know, there's no need to keep the frozen cake. Oh, oh God. Oh, that's and funny. yes, uh, added to the catalog of That's Correct audio drops, uh, that Tyrone guy, the mayor. That's correct. All right. Welcome aboard, Tyrone. <laughs> That's right. I hadn't thought of that. Mueller. Robert Mueller. That's correct. (laughs) So now we got Mueller, Darren Bailey, and this fella. That's correct. Hell yeah. Oh, God. Guys, that's not COVID. That's just me coughing. So... (laughs) 
All well, right. That was <laughs> we got more Chicago news to talk about here. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times in Brett Chase. The headline reads, Concerns about General Irons' move to southeast side are unfounded. Lightfoot administration says Mayor Lori Lightfoot's administration dismissed southeast side residents concerns about pollution from from a planned car shredding operation as, quote, unfounded in a and accused community groups of creating a, quote, blizzard of hyperbolic allegations. In a letter to federal officials, a city lawyer defended the administration's role in relocating General Irons business from Lincoln Park to east side and admonishes residents critical of the move. Ben, I'll read this quote from City Deputy Corporation Counsel John Hendricks in his letter sent late last week to the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, and you take it from there. Here's the quote. Uh. Quote, allegations about negative environmental impact of the additions and improvements to the facility are factually unfounded. Ben, I know you wanted, you had this on your mind today, so share your thoughts. Yeah, this requires a little backup, and I'm going to have to get serious now and try to get the image of the frozen cake out of my mind, which is still there. I have to make that transition. From Mayor Lori Lightfoot's brilliant. <laughs> sorry, D. I got to get serious here. Okay. I'm sorry. I just see that image of her looking at the, <laughs> looking at the phone. Anyway. We usually spend Thanksgiving <laughs> together. But I'm, I'm glad you understand that this is the right thing. <laughs> okay, I can do this. All right. <laughs> and then, the, then the sigh. <laughs> and I can just hear the director cut. Ah, oh, that was brilliant. That's that's golden. That's that's a wrap. <laughs> and Mayor Lightfoot's like, God, I love acting. I've always wanted to be an actor. Anyway, <laughs> oh yes, General Iron. So <laughs> General Iron operates a shredding business north side of Chicago for years, and it was uh on the banks of the Chicago River off of Clybourne. I don't know if people are listening to this from Chicago. A lot of people out of town don't know what I'm talking about. North side of Chicago in an industrial area. And guess what happened, folks? That industrial area gentrified. Starting back in the 80s, well-to-do uh, yuppies moved in there. And the home values soared. And it became like a new gentry in Chicago. And uh, I remember when I first moved to Chicago in the 1980s, uh, the, the powers that be in this city said they have to put in zoning to protect the industry in that area because it's so important to the city of Chicago uh, to have a manufacturing base. We, we cannot chase out our manufacturing base. And um, <clears throat> meanwhile, Gentry starting to move in the neighborhood around this area. And what do they do? They complain. They moved there. The industry was there before they were there, right? The the uh, the trucks were there. The, the giant shredding machine was there. The, the all the debris and was there before they were there. But they couldn't stand it. And they said it was intrusive, and they said it was smelly, and they said uh, it was pollutants that were in the air that might impact their 
health, if like if you had asthma or any kind of lung conditions or anything like that, there's no good. And they complain, and their aldermen were very compliant. Oh my God, Brian Hopkins, the aldermen of the second ward, which is the area around it, he he's like always standing up and denouncing them. Michelle Smith, the 43rd, always, they got to be better neighbors. This is not right. These are good people. So what happened? The city of Chicago decided, you know what? This land is prime real estate land, and there's a developer named Sterling Bay that wants to develop it. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to raise taxes on all the suckers and saps in the city of Chicago, and we're going to develop this land and turn it into Lincoln Yards. And if we do that, we got to move this shredder. We can't have a freaking shredder right there, right across the street from Lincoln Yards. Perhaps we wanted that land too. So they're going to, they said, well, well, where do we move it? Hmm. Well, I know. We'll just dump it on the far southeast side. They don't care. They got waste dumps down there. They got old factory sites down there. Nobody will complain. Guess what? The people complain. You know, we don't want more. If it's not good, if it's if it's bad for the north side, why do you think it would be good for the south side? And so, what's the city's response? Oh God, they're unfounded. There's nothing wrong with this thing. Shut up and take it, <laughs> Attorney Hendricks. Oh, but it's a compassionate guy, <laughs> Attorney Hendricks. You know, in a million years, I don't think Attorney Hendricks or anybody in the city of Chicago would respond that way if the complaints were coming from the north side. I can't imagine the city's official response to Northsiders complaining about dirt, debris, and industry would be these are unfounded complaints by people who've exaggerated them. I, I just can't imagine that, D. So this is kind of the attitude that's embedded in the city of Chicago, how you treat different neighborhoods. I say keep it on the north side and move Lincoln Yards to the south side. There we go. I finished. I figured it out, D. Just move Lincoln Yards to the south side and keep the shredder on the north side. Oh, you will never get a job with these people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we knew that. So anyway, I just, I saw that story, D, and I go, oh, my God. You know, I mean, I don't know. You could just, like, disguise your utter contempt for the Southsiders a little bit. You know, you could say, well, we are very concerned, and we're going to do everything we can to make sure that they're a good neighbor. And, you know, you don't have to, like, insult the people. You know? They're, like, just imagine Lori Lightfoot or John Hendricks, if they were gonna put the shredder in your neighborhood, like right across the street from you or just down the street, think how you would feel. Would you want somebody from the city insulting you? Oh, shut up, take the shredder. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, um, I don't know. This gets at the heart of the things that Jeanette Taylor has talked so much about. Uh, in the interview, it's like a different attitude that people in Chicago have toward the neighborhoods of our city. You know, oh, the South Side, oh, they should be happy. We'll put the shredder down there. Yeah. What do they care? It's the South Side. 
So I don't know. I, I, I would just say maybe try. If you, if you are going to cram it on the south side, if you are, if it's not good enough for the north side, you got to move it somewhere. At least change your attitude a little bit, you know? Show a little compassion, maybe. Maybe, uh, maybe lawyers, you know what you should do? You should watch that video of all the mayors talking about how sad they are that they can't get together with their families for Thanksgiving and just kind of like let that compassion seep into you and then sit down and write your letter to uh, the federal government. God, I got to tell you, D, it's pretty bad when the Trump federal government looks more caring than the city of Chicago. Pretty bad. Pretty, pretty bad, to quote Larry David. All right. Uh, on a side note, uh, by the way, you ever notice how the word iron, the spelling and the pronunciation are different? Kind of weird, right? You would think iron is how you would, but we say iron. Isn't that weird? You know, I never noticed that. Yeah, it is. And you think you figure it would really screw me up with my um, right? dyslexia. But uh, remember the Scott Duff dyslexia joke? What was the joke? Do you remember? No. Yeah, oh. I forget it. That... <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> no. That was an interview I did with uh, Scott Duff, uh, the comedian Scott Duff, very funny man, on Sunday. <clears throat> I mentioned my dyslexia, and he made a dyslexia joke. Anyway. You can download that interview. Never with, noticed it. You can download that interview with Scott Duff at the Chicago Reader website, chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. Just bookmark it right now. And uh, wherever else you download your favorite podcast, over 700 episodes of The Ben Jarofsky Show. While we're away for the holiday, go check some of those out, and be sure to check out our brand new interviews. Jeanette Taylor is going to be dropping on Thanksgiving Day. A little Turkey Day uh, surprise for you there. Alderman Jeanette Taylor, a brand new interview talking the budget and so much more and other benny j bonus interviews this weekend go check them out that was your local news brought to you by frozen cake i'm really gonna miss celebrating my birthday with you but i'll save you a piece of cake i'll freeze it <laughs> i'll freeze it oh god mm, sounds good frozen cake that should be a rock group frozen cake right yeah yeah that and uh punt budget that's a cool little name for a band too Punt budget. That's uh, the budget. The official uh, city of Chicago budget is a punt budget. And speaking of, uh, uh, well, we got a little bit of time here. Any last things you'd like to say here? Because uh, no show uh, tomorrow or Friday. We're going to be back on Tuesday. By the time we come back, it'll probably be long gone from the news cycle. Uh, any last words uh, about what went down on the budget vote? Yeah, I, uh, it's really important that I emphasize, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you live in, in Chicago and uh, you follow these things and you're a concerned taxpayer, uh, this is effectively, uh, what Dennis said, a punt budget. Uh, and uh, the city of Chicago is facing enormous obligations in the middle of this pandemic, and it does not have uh, the money coming in. Uh, to pay these obligations, you know, all these things are projections anyway. And so they can't even realistically project um, the tax flow coming in in the middle of like uh, so many businesses shut down, the restaurant industry, as we just said. So they do the they best they can to make very uh, optimistic and cheery uh, projections of future income. But by and large, uh, they're, they're stuck. And so, you know, they're refinancing uh, loans, which will just lead to more money that we pay in future years. Uh, and um, 
they're clearly anticipating that the feds uh, will kick in um, some um, uh, stimulus money with Joe Biden, that Joe Biden will mean more money for cities like Chicago. So that's why I keep saying uh, it is a uh, punt budget. Uh, and so, yeah, they're punting it and we'll be talking about this D for a long time to come, but the big battle, uh, in the city council yesterday really was like, it showed that there are three distinct sort of points of view at play in the council. There is the bunch of aldermen that are against any taxation, uh, any property tax hikes at all. Uh, and uh, essentially that's a coalition of people from the f- northwest and southwest side of the city and uh, people downtown. Very interesting. Like everybody throughout the city pays property taxes, uh, but it's just like somehow or other folks in the northwest side and the southwest side uh, and the downtown area are very vociferous in their opposition to it and their aldermen have taken notice and they can't vote for it. Uh, then there's the um, the lefties, uh, people of my ilk, uh, who are against the budget because they think it's regressive, that it relies on fees and fines, et cetera, and so forth. And they don't doesn't think it taxes those well-to-do people downtown enough. And they want the mayor to think in terms of progressive terms. Uh, and um, they feel that she hasn't gone far enough uh, in that uh, in that area, and then there's Lori Lightfoot's, I would guess, her allies, who realize that uh, there's only so much she can do politically speaking. Uh, without clearly, she's not going to embrace the progressives, and so they'll go along with her, just like they went along with Rom and they went along with Daly. Uh, and so, yeah, that's essentially the dynamics. Uh, D in the old days, the Northwest and the Southwest siders uh, and those the Gold Coast people would have voted for the mayor's tax hike, but they're sort of liberated these days. You know, all their men are not supposed to be rubber stamps anymore. So there's kind of a liberated feeling. And I got to say this about Lori Lightfoot. You know, she adjusted well, well enough uh, on this front. She didn't cry about it too much. Uh, and she didn't worry if she got 48 votes or 35 votes, what have you. She was content with the majority. So, But that's the situation, D. That is uh, a factionalization of Chicago. And I see we have... Um, uh, a superstar with us, Monroe Anderson. Uh, he's joined us. We'll bring him on. Why don't we take a break and then bring on the great Monroe Anderson when we return? How about that? Absolutely, everybody. Don't go anywhere. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show. We are live from my apartment in his attic. Monroe Anderson coming up. And hey, uh, send us an email or any questions you have, anything. We're going to be jumping on uh, and doing a little special show here, Ben and I, a Friday free for all. If there's anything you want to get on the show, uh, send it to us. You can always leave us a voicemail as well. 708-658-4788. 708-658-4788 is the number that you want to call if you'd like to leave us a voicemail. You can send us an email, bennyjshow at gmail.com, at bennyjshow, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J-show. 